Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World, the voice user experience and strategy podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be covering voice analytics or conversational analytics, rather. We're going to be getting into detail about what it is, how you can use it within your voice applications to understand what's working and what's not, uh, and all that kind of stuff like that. It's going to be immensely interesting and an epic episode. We are joined today by Artem. Merit, the co-founder and CEO of Dashbot. Dashbot is a conversational analytics company. We're going to be chatting all about the platform and all about conversational analytics, which is an interesting area and an area that doesn't really seem to get a great deal of coverage, but is absolutely fundamental to making things that work. We're also joined by Dustin Coates, who is co-hosting once again. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is VUX World. Now, before we introduce today's guest, I would like to first tell you about the discussion that's happening over on the Flash Briefing. Given that this week's episode is all about voice-first analytics, I thought it would be useful to continue that discussion over on the Flash Briefing. So this week uh, on the Flash Briefing, we are asking, how are you measuring the success of your skills, actions, or voice-first applications how are you measuring the success of your voice first applications do get involved head to twitter get involved there'll be a poll running this week you can also head to vux.world slash flash upload your answer there we'll play that on the flash briefing head to facebook.com slash vux world you can get involved there as well Uh, and do let us know how are you measuring the success of your voice first applications Head to the Flash Briefing now, just ask your ear lady to enable the VUX World Flash Briefing, or you can head to vux.world slash flash. Now, without further ado, here's Artie Merritt. Artie, hello and welcome to VUX World. Hey, hey, thanks for uh, uh, having me be part of this. I really appreciate it. Wicked. And welcome again, Dustin. Hey, Kane. Good to be here. Good to finally be here. God, you will not believe, boys and girls, what I've been through for the last half hour trying to make this call happen. I've updated my iMac this morning. I think I thought I'll do it this morning. Plenty of time. It'll give me 15 minutes when I come home. I'll just be able to set it up and get up and running. I've been working on this for 45 minutes and I've just managed to make the call. So before we begin, Dustin and Artie, apologies for the delay here. Uh, but thank you both for both for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Artie, should we kick off by hearing a little bit about yourself? And do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you kind of got to Dashbot? Uh, yeah, fair enough. So I'm um, Artie Merritt, one of the co-founders and CEO of Dashbot. Uh, my background is primarily in uh, both mobile and in analytics. I've been doing each of them for about 20 years. In fact, I had a mobile analytics company I sold to Nokia uh, a, a few years back. Um, uh, so I've always been interested in the data and analytics side of things, and I noticed that Slack had been missing analytics, so I reached out to a good friend of mine, Jesse Hull, who we went to MIT together, and just to see what he was up to, if he wanted to explore this, and come to find out he and our third co-founder, uh, Dennis Yang, had been working on a Slack bot and came to similar realizations. 
information that the analytics are missing. So we decided, uh, hey, let's just join forces, build the analytics platform, and go from there. So uh, that's how we got started. Wicked. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about Dashbot and what it is and, and what it does? Yeah, fair enough. So a Dashbot is an analytics platform for conversational interfaces. And, and by that, we mean anything that could be more text-based, like Facebook, Slack, um, SMS, or more voice-based, like Alexa or Google Home. So we launched about two years ago. Uh, we processed over 32 billion messages. Uh, just to give you an idea of the growth rate, it took about 10 months to reach the first billion, six weeks the second, and now we do close to 3 billion messages a month, wow. um, which is more than most whole messaging platforms. <laughs> um, never, yeah, never mind competitors or bot builders or anything like that. Uh, and then the, our, our platform itself has like three main areas. There's what do you think of as traditional analytics? That's you know your users and sessions, retention, just you know standard stuff. Um, where it gets much more interesting is around the conversation-specific analytics, uh, things like the sentiment analysis, the conversation flows, um, you know, AI response effectiveness. Where are your bots breaking down? Um, and then the third part is tools to take action on this data. And that's where we really try to stress here. Instead of just showing you reports, we try to provide these tools you can you know, do something about it. So uh, a couple of those are a live person takeover. So if the session's going sideways, the analytics identifies this, you, you can insert a person to help lead them through to conversion. We do broadcast messaging to re-engage users. And we also have this whole audience segmentation tool you can use to build uh, lookalike audiences. Wow. That's a, a hell of a lot in that package. Let's, do you want to kind of break down some of that stuff for us? So you mentioned that there's the standard um, sort of like user session-based stuff. Um, that's more similar to the, the typical kind of analytics. Are you talking kind of like number of users and frequency of use and things like that? Yeah, exactly. That's it's sort of table stakes analytics. Um, I can take one step back here. And just uh, it might help. Um, the reason why traditional analytics don't really work well for uh, conversational interfaces or chatbots is is really uh, well, there's four main reasons. Uh, the first is the data. Um, uh, sorry, sorry, the tracking mechanisms are different. So anything that's like clickstream or event based tracking really loses the the richness of, uh, of the message. There's all sorts of additional metadata inside the message that's really important. The second is the data that's captured is quite different. It's, it's all unstructured data. You know, users can say or send whatever they want to these devices. So it's, it's hard, uh, or these interfaces, it's hard to you know, build for that. Um, it's, it, it, you know, web and mobile only have so many links and buttons there. So the third thing is the processing ends up being different. Naturally, if the tracking and data is different, processing is going to be different. But you also have uh, multi-user sessions, asynchronous sessions. It's, it's, it's all a little different there. And the fourth thing is what it really leads to is new types of reports. Um, you have things like sentiment analysis. Uh, you have the AI response effectiveness or, or the message funnels. So uh, that, that, that's a big key thing there. Like just things like Google Analytics or Mixpanel uh, don't really work well for for the these uh the, the the these conversational interfaces um but those, those core metrics the basic stuff is still important right you you want to know how many repeat users you have <clears throat> you want to know how much time they're spending 
in your chatbot. So uh, all those things from user sessions, uh, time per session, messages per session, uh, re retention, the cohort analysis, like what percent has come back each day, week, month. That, that's also really important stuff to know. So we, we show that. Um, where the customers get really excited, though, is around the conversational specific things. Like um, one of the reports we have is a, is a message funnel. And this shows you all the messages in and out from your bot. Like you can pick a message someone says to your bot and then see what was happening beforehand, what happened after, and you can navigate the flow. So it's really useful for seeing where things might be breaking down. Like uh, take, for example, if you built a weather bot, you might have built it just to answer the question, what's the weather in city X? But then you'd find people are asking, is it hot out? Is it raining? Do I need a jacket or an umbrella? You'd see all those messages you're missing in this message funnel and can decide whether you want to add support for that or not. Um, okay. So is that what you were referring to by sentiment analysis then? What's the sentiment that people are, are, are kind of asking for? Oh, there's sentiment too. So the sentiment is... Um, yeah, generally, like the feeling uh, they're, they're having when they're chatting with your bot. And, you know, it, for, for instance, if they're swearing a lot or getting <laughs> mad, it's going to have a negative sentiment. Like we have uh, a trivia. Uh, there's a trivia chatbot that we built just for demo purposes, and the sentiment's always negative. It turns out people get really upset. They don't know the answers to trivia questions, so they're swearing and everything. Very <laughs> uh, yeah. good. Have you have you had much experience, Dustin, in the kind of like conversational analytics space? Uh, a little bit. I've I've used uh, Dashboard. It's it's really useful. Uh, it's like uh, like Artie was saying. It's with the unstructured data, it's difficult to roll that up and and sometimes get a real feel for what people are, are looking for. And so this type of tooling that that pulls it all together is is just a lifesaver. So when you're talking about that message, the kind of message funnel thing then, it sounds as though everything that's kind of logged and requested and whatnot within either the chatbot or the voice application, wherever this is being applied, it sounds as though everything's kind of being logged and, and, and there for you to kind of go through. Does it kind of aggregate stuff or, or would you, is it literally you would go through, I mean, you mentioned there, what is it, 30 billion messages that you've, that you've uh, kind of gathered. Do, would you have to go through each conversation separately or does it aggregate stuff as well? Oh, no, these are aggregate. So there's, there's, there's both. Uh, so if you have in your chatbot, um, all those messages in and out uh, are, are rolled up. So you get to see the most common like the report I was talking about, that's taking the top messages in. So uh, what are the, the most common messages someone says to your bot? And then how does your bot respond? So when you're doing that, that navigation, um, there was this uh, uh, this person, Amir Shavat, he was the dev relationship manager for, for Slack. Uh, he, he just since joined another company. But uh, he used to present us at conferences. The first time I was surprised, I was sitting in the audience and screenshots of our reports are up. And he described that report as the holy grail for analytics because you can use it to you know, uh, improve your bot right then and there. We, we, we do also have the full transcripts because sometimes you do want to go in and look at, um, get a better idea of the context. Like wh why did someone say this or why did they send this image or why, why'd they do whatever it was? You can go into the transcripts that have that occur. Um, the other thing we started doing is clustering messages. Um, and this gets really interesting. Like it, there's a women's retailer that's using us. And when you do the message clustering, um, 
two distinct audiences appear, the people that are legitimately shopping for women's clothes, and then this total other audience that's just trying to abuse the bot and get something not safe. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I wonder how people end up end up finding it. Like if it's it's interesting that, isn't it? How people will end up finding it to, to go and abuse it when it's when it's kinda like a fashion based sort of thing. Or do you reckon they just stumble across it or sort of thing? Oh, that's like it's a major brand. I think they're actively oh, going right. after trying to try to abuse it. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there's definitely funny stuff like that we uh, uh, come come across. Um, but then that's stuff that like what, part of the thing I got really, really excited about this whole space is that um, the data ends up being much richer and more actionable than say web and mobile uh, because it is unstructured right like users can say or in some platforms send whatever they want to the bot it's um it's hard to build for that uh but you know not only do they say what they want from the bot but they do say what they think of the bot after you know sometimes that's not too pleasant but it leads to these interesting actions you can take like the you know live person takeover if someone's getting upset right you can jump in and try to help them Okay, so the live person takeover means that you. So does that happen within Dashbot then? And is is that is that what it sounds? Is it's somebody who would literally then start manually responding to these messages? Yeah, you can do it right through our interface, and then it's API based, so you can integrate with other uh, solutions too. So um, yeah, for example, say somebody is trying to book a hotel and. You know, they're getting stuck. Maybe, maybe they do swear and the sentiment's going negative or they say the same thing a couple times in a row. Uh, you can set up alerts for this. Uh, the, the alerts can be based on messages, like, like the type of message they said, the intent of the message, um, the sentiment, uh, if they clicked a button. Uh, these kind of things will, in real time, send you a notification that can go to uh, three different places, email, uh, a webhook based on API, or Slack, and it sends along a link to that transcript so you can jump into our interface, see the transcript, and decide whether you want to pause the bot and start chatting with the person. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Wow. That's... And... Sorry, go on, Dustin. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, jumping in on a conversation, and you mentioned earlier that you really want the data to be actionable. Uh, you want someone to have a takeaway from it. What are you seeing the, the best bot builders, the best voice builders, what are they doing once they get a hold of, of this data that you're giving them? How are they using that to improve that experience? Yeah, so, so uh, a lot of, like, the, the things that we get a lot of positive feedback for is the message funnels, and there's variations of that. There's intent funnels if you're doing intents, and there's, um, you know, there's filters to say, like, what are the top exit messages and uh, or your unhandled messages and all. Uh, the transcripts are really popular. as We have some behavior flow and conversion tracking stuff, too, I can mention. Um, so a, a big thing is just improving the, the, the bot experience itself that, like I mentioned with that weather example, if you set out to build a bot, it's really hard to think of all the things someone might actually say to your bot before you you launch it. Like a, a website or an app, you know, there's product folks that define what the use cases are and what the intents are when they make these links and buttons. Uh, here, the users are effectively defining that for you or telling you what they want it to do or hope it does. Um, so it, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's hard to build for that. So 
when we talk to customers, they, they often say they, they go in and look at that message funnel, see where the bot's breaking down. Like, what are these things people are saying that we're not yet responding to? And then they decide what, how they want to handle those things. So a couple examples. There's a really popular uh, food, um, fast food delivery um, uh, company that, that uh, for their Facebook bot, we had this behavior flow report. We, we went in and they read stopping points all throughout it, like a, a message or two in, it was all red. And like, what the heck's going on here? And when we went and looked at what the messages are, what was happening is someone would order their food, they get really excited, they do the thumbs up, right? They're excited. That would break the bot. So that person never got their food, and then the company never got the order. <laughs> and the thumbs up is one of the top three most common messages sent into Facebook Messenger. So they didn't, they didn't have any uh, handling of it. They, it. Not only did they, they not just ignore it, it actually broke the bot. Um, so they saw that and were able to, to fix it. Uh, there was another Facebook bot that was um, uh, basically a cricket scores, and they learned a whole bunch of things. Like Some of these things might sound uh, like basic right now, but at the time they, they weren't. That Initially, they just sent out score so if you had if you were a fan of a particular team throughout the game and sending out the scores and that was it follow a team but then they said people kept asking about players and player stats that was what was coming through so they decided well uh they would add uh, a whole thing around that like they would give back player stats and and player info um and then the other thing they learned which is kind of interesting is that apparently these cricket games go on for a long time, like a day or so, or yeah. two days, whatever. Uh, and if you were a fan of a team that was losing, you get apparently these people get really upset, and they would block the bot. <laughs> so th this company paid to acquire; they were running ads to acquire users. So they paid to acquire the user. The user would block them, and they'd have to pay to reacquire them later on. So they they learned this through the analytics. So they added a mute functionality. So if your team's losing, you can say you know pause or mute, so you don't get the score updates, you don't get frustrated, and then you can unpause it when you're you know want to see the next game. Wow, that sounds like there's a you know there's there's a tremendous amount of value there, isn't there? I mean, and even the one you mentioned prior to that, where you're talking about being able to send push notifications to people, so potentially not only are, are people and companies finding things that they haven't been able to plan for or spot before on, but also the the ability to be able to respond to things as they happen in real time sounds like you know two tremendous kind of features in it. Yeah, well, the, the push notifications are, 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 are kind of neat. There's a retailer that uses it um, not just to get people back into their chat bot, but to get them to go into the store as well. So they'll, you know, send out um, uh, messages like effectively coupons, uh, but you can segment the audience however you like, you know, in their particular case, they're going after women in the U.S. So, so just show me the women in the U.S. that, you know, did something particular in the chat bot before. Um, and send those guys notifications so how does you mentioned there that that it does um things like you know you could download the get the hold of the full transcripts and stuff like that and you you, you can get kind of like sentiment analysis and and um you know intent analysis and things how does that work on stuff like well google might be different because i believe they do send full transcripts already but how does stuff like that work on alexa in particular 
Yeah, that, that's a, a, a that's a really good question. So, uh, you know, um, Alexa has one key difference from from the other platforms. Um, so, with uh, with voice, even though it's voice, like a user talking to Alexa or talking to the Google Home, um, what the developer ends up getting. Uh, is text right that you get you say what's the weather in san francisco um the developer sees that uh, raw text um that, or that at a high level here and so uh so google if you said uh i gotta make sure that i'm sitting next to two of these things if you if you uh, um, ask google what the weather in san francisco is as a developer if that was your you know your, your google action you would get the raw text that they said what's the weather um you would get the intent is uh, to check weather, and you get um, the action to take, like look up weather, and more importantly, the the context that it's uh, San Francisco. And then you know, said, "How about tomorrow?" It would update the context is now San Francisco the next day. Now in Alexa, it's quite a bit different. They don't give you the raw text; um, they just give you the intents and what they call uh, slot parameter values. So, in that case, if you said, "What's the weather in San Francisco?" As a developer, all you get was the intent was check weather, and the slot, um, you know, location equals San Francisco. So it's a little bit trickier um, there for 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 developers of uh, of Alexa, and it's one of the things we get asked about all the time. And when we talk to the Alexa team, we ask them for it all the time. <laughs> and, uh, can you give the raw? Uh, utterance to people, and so they're kind of starting to do a little of that. With like, there was an announcement, uh, uh, you know, it was a few days ago or so, where they they unhandled events that you can query them to get some of that. But um, yeah, so with basically with intents, uh, we get it from Alexa and Google automatically because it's part of the message. It's going back to like the differences with traditional versus conversation the message itself meaning the, the message so sorry uh, the way our platform works is a copy of every message into or out from the chatbot or skill gets sent to us and it's asynchronous it's all asynchronous non-blocking and by message i mean the full payload so inside there's all this additional metadata so in the case of google the metadata includes what the intent is and the context and all that um, other platforms don't provide it by default. Like Facebook wouldn't have, that's not part of the core, you know, uh, messenger platform. But if someone building a messenger bot was making use of any sort of NLP engine, like Wit or Lewis or Lex or whatever, um, they can append that uh, intent into the message when they send it over to us. Tell and us, then, oh, sorry, go on. As I say, one of the things that we're trying to do is for the folks that don't use any NLP, since we have that large corpus of data, we're trying to figure out can we um, classify some of the messages for them, even if they're not uh, using NLP. That, that's where like the message clustering and that kind of thing can, is coming into play. Um, okay. Uh, trying, trying to classify messages for people. Right. So, so you're essentially trying to understand what it is that's coming through, essentially. Uh, that's what we're working towards, um, because in, it, you know it, it helps for like rolling the stuff up too, right? Like um, it, this is really basic, but hi, like hi, hey, hello, it's all the same kind of greeting. Could you just like maybe you just roll all those up, right? Uh, so there's there's two other things in there that that um, would be interesting to to cover. The first one being you mentioned AI performance. 
tell us a little bit about what what that is and how that applies to the conversational analytics uh yeah so that's it's a bit of like the nlp a little bit of the uh the, like the intense uh, uh mapping and then the the message flows so there's message flows the message funnels um there's also an intent version of that like going by the intent so um you can see uh like i'll use the weather example again like um you would see all the like you it, it, sorry you're looking at the intents um and someone said like uh, do i need a jacket uh you, it, that one wouldn't map to any intent uh, you'd have like your unknown or unhandled intent picking up that so you can say all right i should go back and add support for that but there's there's actually someone could say i'm thinking of buying a jacket what's the weather in san francisco then there's two different use cases there and what we actually matching on um so you would see that in the intent flows what the person said, what response you gave back, and um, was were your intents met properly or not? And you can go back into your, you know, your intent engine or NLP engine and and, and make uh, uh, improvements around those. Um, so we have a special one for unhandled uh, too. Like if you, your I don't know an error messages kind of thing. Like we can show you those. And. What about so all of this, all of this kind of stuff? It, it, it a lot of it tends to, by the sounds of things. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've got a lot of things in there that are similar to the more traditional kind of analytics, or number of users and things like that. Then we've got a lot more stuff that is kind of conversational specific, and we chatted about the message funnels and and uh, and things like that, sentiment analysis and stuff. And then you did mention in between all of that that there's something in there conversion tracking. How does all how does that sort of work and, and hang together? Oh yeah, there's a, a couple uh, reports we have for that. So one is uh, goal funnels, so you can uh, track different steps someone makes it through. Like, you know, say they're ordering food, do they start the order? They play like you know, they o- open the bot, started the order, they checked out, um, or they book, they started the hotel booking, like those kind of things. So there's a whole goal funnel there to track if the people are making it through the different steps. Um, there's a behavior flow report which just shows. Um, like visually all the paths through your, your bot really quickly and um, where there's drop off and abandonment. That's where like the, the, like there's like, if you see this visually, there's these red, <laughs> red markers all over the place where that's happening. Um, and you can hover over and see the, the, the paths. We just added a new one, which is effectively conversation flows. Imagine like a tree like structure where you just keep expanding the nodes. Um, you know, you have your start node, and then you click that and there's like four paths people go and you keep clicking and you'll see the same like red endpoints end there. Um, we added this back into the, the message funnels too, where there's a report that filters just on the exit messages. So what was the last message? And you can look at what happened right before that. Um, we also have, there's a couple other things that, that you know, uh, that, that fit into all this. What, what, a big selling point of our platform is it's is that we are cross cross platform we work with any conversational interface so we have a what we call a cross channel report so you can see how your all your bots compare against each other on on basic metrics sessions users engagement retention those kind of things and so this is really useful if you're say you're building for multiple platforms like we have 
one customer that they're on seven different platforms um, so they can see how their Facebook versus SMS and Alexa, how they all compare the usage. Uh, and then we have agencies that build for multiple clients so they can see how those clients compare, like, you know, company X versus company Y, like how their data. So that's all that. And then we do have, yeah, this full on comparison metrics. So we have three comparison reports. You can see how your, your bot or skill compares to others on the platform based on the number of users, the number of messages and the retention rate. So we don't expose like who it doesn't say like, this is how you compare against, you know, <laughs> CNN or something like that. But yeah. it's like, this is, this is how, uh, your Facebook bot compares to all the other Facebook bots we're tracking based on the number of users. Like what percentile are you in? Mm. Um, so, so that, that, that's stuff that people like the benchmarking they like to see. We will be right back with Artie Merritt in just one moment. But first, I thought I'd take the opportunity to tell you about the Smart Voice Summit London. It's on the 21st of June. It's put together by Smartly AI. If any of you, uh, you've probably come across Smartly AI. They're an extremely influential and really innovative company, uh, voice first company in France. Uh, they put together the Smart Voice Summit Paris at the start of the year, and I've heard such good things about it. I didn't make it myself. I was stricken ill, unfortunately. But from what I hear, it was an amazing event, and they're set to repeat that trend in London on the 21st of June. The lineup of speakers is absolutely unbelievable. We have uh, Max Amodeluso, who is the EU Chief Alexa Evangelist at Amazon. Charles Cadbury of Dazzle, Sina Carhen of Vase, Dominic Meisner of 169 Labs, Ben Sauer of Clearleft, and a whole host more. If you are interested in this space and you want to know what the voice first revolution means for you and your business or your career, get yourself to the Smart Voice Summit. It's going to be an amazing event. Yours truly will be hosting the event as well, which I'm absolutely buzzing with. Uh, cannot wait for it. It's on the 21st of June. It's in London. And all you need to do is head to smartvoicesummit.com and you can find out all about it there and you can get your tickets there as well. Looking forward to seeing you there. Now, without further ado, let's get back to Artie Merritt. Is, is there any... Have you, or have you come across any sort of blatant differences between all of those different platforms? Let's say somebody's got an Alexa skill, a Google action, and a Facebook Facebook kind of bot, and then maybe it's a Slack bot. Is there anything that you've come across where there is stark differences between the two platforms? Uh, there is. So that we're trying to be neutral Switzerland in all this. We want, the, we want to be friends with all the platforms. Yeah. So there's, there's, well, uh, well, the there's, reason why, the reason why I ask that is just to try and see if there's any techniques or things that we learn from that that people can then apply to then you know use that to sort of develop um, better sort of bots. So you don't have to sort of call people out on it. Just just in general, if there's any differences that you've kind of come across. Oh, um, yeah. So the, 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 where we publish most of the data, like a lot of the data we publish is around Facebook because it's, the, the, it's like the big behemoth there. And there's there's so many Facebook developers and all this kind of stuff. So like on our blog, we'll say these are the most common messages users send to bots or this is like average retention rates or those kind of things. So we share all that that stuff. Um, um, uh, um, yeah, so some of the things that we... we, we that we've like share with folks to help build better bots um, uh, on that platform. Uh, when you publish the most common messages, like this might sound basic, but do you, do you know what the most common message sent to a Facebook chatbot is? Uh, 
Oh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Dustin? Uh, I would have to reckon it's an emoji or a sticker. Oh, it, it, it's actually just hi, hi, hi and hello, right? Like, oh, yeah. think of like <laughs> any like any conversation. You know, you start with like some sort of greeting. So, they, they, the hi and hello are uh, in the thumbs up for the top three, but generally, hi and hello, uh, you know, go back and forth. Um, but the funny thing is. A lot of bots uh, still don't support that. Like the last time I pulled the data around this, like 50% of the bots don't respond with anything appropriate to hi or hello. <laughs> In fact, um, we we um, had a meetup a while back where someone in the audience said, because oh, one of the speakers was a consultant helping people build better bots. So he said, hey, can you, can you look at my bot? Um, give me feedback. So we pulled up the bot. And the very first thing I did is typed in hi. And it said, I have no idea what you're asking. <laughs> right? Like that was really <laughs> So uh, they, they, that's kind of an eye opener for people. The images is also like the stickers, uh, uh, um, like the thumbs up is basically a sticker. Uh, I mentioned like the company that wasn't even handling those. There, some folks are surprised that users are sending images in. Um, it turns out some set of folks treat the bots as if they're their friends. So like friends, you would send images. Uh, um, or, or, or you know, so they they send images to the bot too. Uh, the the other things like um, the, there's messages like stop. Um, I think it's sixty percent of bots don't respond to that, and those are people getting uh, upset, right? They want to block the bot, so they end up blocking you. That that was like the cricket example where they added yeah. mute instead of being blocked. Um, the other one that we published a while back that was kind of funny was around the images, like looking deeper into what people send. So we ran a bunch of the images through an image rec recognition um, uh, um, uh, sort of library. And do you know the most common image people send to chatbots <laughs> or Facebook chatbots? <laughs> um, the most common image. It must be some sort of GIF or GIF, however you want to say that word. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to put this out there. All right, you can take it or leave it. I'm going to say Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air doing his Tom Jones dance. <laughs> what, what about you, Dustin? Uh, what, what about selfies? Would selfies be up there? Yeah, selfies is the number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah it's funny. Yeah, yeah, like selfies are... Uh, like when, I, when we first did it, I thought it was going to be like a totally different... Go, go a totally different direction. But uh, yes, yeah, selfies were the most common. And... What was interesting with Facebook, you can separate, well, you can see male versus female. So with guys, uh, well, with selfies are still most common on both, but guys, you start seeing images of, uh, you know, cars, vehicles, motorcycles. Um, but then women still heavily skewed to selfies. But in, there was one that showed up in the top 20 or so of tags, and it was electronics. And I was thinking, why are women taking photos of electronics? And do you know why that might be? Um, why would women be taking photos of electronics? Well, no it idea. turns out it was, it's a, when you do the selfie in the mirror, the mirror would capture the phone and this <laughs> uh, thing tagged the phone as electronics. So oh, that was really, right. <laughs> and then the crazy thing is people do, do send, uh, not safe for work, uh, selfies to these <laughs> and, you know, luckily it, it's really low percentages, like 2% of the 
images and, you know, um, like 1% of users. Uh, but the funny thing is when folks do it, they do it a lot. Like a normal image is sent in on average once. One of these like naked selfies is sent in on average five times. So <laughs> there's some weird hurdle you get over where you feel it's comfortable to do. You just keep doing it. <laughs> And like the, we pulled, I think this is two months worth of data or months worth of data when we did it. One guy sent his same naked selfie 266 times. <laughs> what? <laughs> what to, to different bots or to the same bot? Uh, so, yeah, sometimes repeat to the same bot, but to, yeah, mostly to, to different <laughs> bots. So um, it's just really bizarre. And it's to a bot, it's not to a person. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely mental. I thought you, when I first said that, I thought you were saying that they'd send it to the, to the same bot, like they'd send it and be like, did you get that? <laughs> Here's another one. <clears throat> Mad. That is class. Okay, and, I don't, um, sorry, go on. Uh, what are you seeing on the voice side? What are people asking for most often there? Uh, so voice is a little bit, we haven't, um, uh, rolled the stuff up. That's, uh, a, 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 as much. It's partly, it was saying like we, like we're, we're, um, we publish a lot of the Facebook stuff just because there's so much more there. And then with, with Alexa and Google, because um, Alexa, you don't get the raw text, you just get intense. So it's hard to do the comparison between the two. Um, like other metrics, like usage-wise, like session lengths and uh, how many users and all that stuff we see. But we're trying to, uh, like I said, that one's we're trying to be uh, neutral Switzerland in this. So we haven't really published stuff there. Uh, the, the thing that we started doing is monitoring the Alexa uh, skill store and, you know, uh, publishing like movements of the skills, like which ones are uh, new ones that are starting to get a lot of more ratings and, um we actually have a competitive intelligence product around that too. Like if you have an Alexa skill, uh, this is all free. You can go to our site and um, see how your Alexa skill compares to other Alexa skills uh, just based on the, the store uh, radiance. Um, and, and real quick, for, for developers, what does it take to implement that's what? Oh, it's all uh, meant to be self-service. So um, you, you go to the website and sign up with the email address. So the website's uh, dashbot.io. Uh, you sign up with the uh, email address and, and password, and um, you add a bot, which basically like, pick whatever platform you're building for Alexa, Facebook, whatever, and you get a little key, and then um, uh, you use that key inside our documentation. So the most of these bots and skills are written in uh, Node, uh, JS, so we have an NPM module. Um, but if you're not, if you're in a different language, as a REST API, and we do have some for like Python and Ruby up there. But excuse me. Um, so what, uh, what I mentioned, what was happening is a, a copy of every message in or out gets sent to us, and it's asynchronous and non-blocking. So that, what that means is the integration is actually really easy. It's just a couple lines of code if you're using our NPM. So in the case of Alexa, um, it's uh, it, it's it's two lines of code. You include our module, and then you replace a method inside uh, your Alexa skill. Uh, Google Actions, two lines of code, include our module, pass the assistant object to us. Uh, Facebook, if you use the NPM module, it's three lines of code. You include the module, you log the incoming message, you log the outgoing message. Um, there's actually a completely codeless solution for Facebook. Uh, if uh, Facebook allows multiple webhooks to be attached to a page so uh, you can have your business logic attached and then you add us uh, to it too in a completely codeless fashion uh, all the other platforms are similar like you know twitter kick sms uh, it's just a few lines of code and then um, 
there's the REST API as well if you want to uh, do some, something else. So it's meant to be really easy to get up and running. And uh, while it is self-service, we're here to help if people have questions. So, uh, you know, folks email in and we try to help them. Mm. Cool. And then two, two final questions and then we'll kind of let you go. I know that we've um, we've kind of overrun slightly. Two final questions. What are, we've mentioned some of the challenges on Alexa's side. What are some of the other challenges around conversational analytics, specifically in, in the voice space? Yeah, so with voice, um, uh, you know, so it's similar to the, the other ones. It, it's hard to know what people are going to say to these things. It, um, but with when you're designing for voice, there's some things to keep in mind to like be uh, you know, shorter and concise. Um, I find this... For example, like we built a little uh, demo Google Action uh, for, for Dashbot, and if someone was to ask me, you know, describe Dashbot in, in an email, I'd send like a sen- like one one or two sentences, and then I put that in the Google Action, and you'd say, "Tell me about Dashbot," and you know, three or four words into it, like, "Oh my God, this is too long, <laughs> you <know>, stop!" <laughs> right? And I, I, I think that that's part of it. Um, we found from uh, talking to agencies and brands building for voice, what they often do is try to act it out first. Like, you know, someone is Alexa and, and somebody is the, uh, you know, the user and just read these things back and forth and say, is this too long? Does this actually work? Um, so that, uh, that, that, that's something to keep in mind when designing to make it with things a little bit more concise. And there's some companies that built tools to try to help with this. Like there was one called SaySpring that Adobe acquired where it was just mocking up those flows. Um, uh, the, the other things like for discoverability, um, we've got this from both brands and agencies, like anything, the, the thing that drives the, the most tends to be some form of social media, whether that's paid or organic. Um, and, Sometimes having like video influencers can help because people might not know how to interact with the skill or the bot yet. Um, one of the things we heard that worked really well for for a voice skill was the people that built it went into Reddit and um, uh, posted all the Easter eggs they'd hidden inside the skill, and that got people to like go and try it and, and engagement. Uh, uh, went up that way, but sorry, rambling. So for voice, it's really like, you know, t- t- test those, those flows. Um, you know, is it, are people, uh, like cut like it, before launching it, like test the back and forth to try to keep things concise and then, um, you know, monitor that to see, you know, if people responding and they dropping off, um, uh, what are some of the other things? Um, you know, to, to constantly monitor those in, the intent mappings to see, like, what are people saying? Are they actually mapping to your intents? Are they coming up with new use cases there because it is all unstructured? Um, uh, we did some things like a lot of, not, I shouldn't say a lot, but some set of voice skills include some sort of audio file. Uh, either they're using a custom voice or they're playing some sort of recording. So we added a way to track the length of that in the session, which is helpful. Um I think the last like oh keep things within voice like there was a a company or a startup I should say they 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 they, they is um, the person built um, this game and I was chatting with them and they they asked me to help them with some stuff they saw in the analytics at one point and then I just was curious how things were going so I went in and saw that 
all the inbound, uh, the, it was all inbound messages, just w- one message and, and done. Like no one was interacting with the, with the Google action. And like, this is really surprising. And I asked him, like, is something wrong? Is something going wrong? He's like, no, 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 that, that, that's fine. And when I went and looked, what was happening is it was, um, it was a game. And when you'd say, you know, um, I don't want this to go off, but if you say, if you ask Google, play XYZ game, the very first thing it said is, go to www, uh, blah, 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 sign up here. and just, So they're kicking the person over to a website immediately. And that just, like, the person's in voice. Like, you should be able to do this stuff. Sorry. No yeah. way. That is, that is critical. I can't believe that. I, yeah, I'd be interested to have a look at that. Um, final question then, last one. What, thinking about the future, what do you, then again, specifically in the kind of voice space, uh, what's, what data do you wish you could get at that you currently can't, or what data that's not currently available do you think would add a great deal of value to, to Dashbot and, and conversation analytics in general? Uh, so on the Alexa side, getting the raw utterances would be nice. Um, if it was possible to actually hear the audio, because you could start to figure out, um, you know, like... Uh, it's sort of sentiment a bit, um, words that took my time, but basically, you know, someone saying this to Alexa in a stressful way or in a relaxed way, like, um, you you get a bit more context if you actually got the audio would be nice. Um, some device information, like not all these platforms give you this, um, you know, that they're using Alexa, but you don't necessarily know, are they, you know, echo show or, um, the the which device they're actually using like or even the location like when you set them up you you can say like hey this is the one in my kitchen or not like that kind of stuff it could be actually really interesting um i mean we're big believers in voice like we think that this is the future if you think of all those videos of two-year-old kids uh, swiping the iphone and the ipad they knew how to interact the same as like things happening with devices like Alexa and Google Home, like kids already know how to interact. Uh, Jesse, my co-founder, has two little kids, and they run up and say, Alexa, play Star Wars, Alexa, play Happy Dance. They know that interaction. So this is definitely the way things are going, the, the voice side of things. And that's where we see all the brands uh, coming now. I think before we started, I mentioned when we first reached out to brands, it was primarily Facebook first, but it's shifting quite a bit that it's voice first uh, uh, qu- quite often. Um so anything that helps us with that, the, the, the raw utterances, perhaps the voice itself, some of the device information, um, location information, things that they're not quite providing yet would be. Uh, uh, and then there's one, oh, there's a, a couple of like, uh, attribution to like if you it's really hard to know how someone got to your uh, Alexa skill, like say you ran a Facebook ad to tell people about your Alexa skill, how would you know they actually used your, your skill? Um, or what if um, I am using one skill and it says something that triggers me to use another skill? Like you're using, I don't know, just like maybe that you, you, you ask the question about some sort of food item and the next thing you know, you're like, well, let me ask this recipe skill for how to make something with that. Uh, knowing that referral and attribution would be really useful. Mm. Wicked. Ate, thank you very, very much for joining us. Much appreciate that. Where can people find out more about Dashbot or get up and running with Dashbot and find out more about yourself? 
so it's uh, the website's www.dashbot.io. Uh, uh, um, uh, so all the links to Twitter and Facebook and everything are there. Um, I have Twitter just has my full name, uh, Artie uh, Merritt, so A-R-T-E-M-E-R-R-I-T-T at Twitter. But yeah, it's, it's meant to be self-serve and free. Just go in, sign up, and should be up and running pretty quickly. That was Artie Merritt. Appreciate Artie taking the time to speak to us there. That was an interesting podcast. Loads of stuff in that that... You know, I'd never even come across before. There's some similarities from in terms of the typical website analytics from, for example, Google Analytics or whatever. Um, but so much in there that is totally unique to conversational analytics. I mean, plenty in there about about sort of dashboards. I suppose that's kind of where most of the conversations are happening these days. Um, but equally, I think a lot of the content we covered there is equally um, applicable to voice-first and voice-only interactions. And as the voice-first scene expands and grows and more and more skills are available and actions are available and, uh, and people are using them more often, and as those features get rolled out, um, I'm sure the dashboard will be all over it. So interesting to, to see what they're up to, interesting to find out all about that. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in dashboard, if you want to kind of run that on, on any of your skills or applications, then do visit the website. I'll put the website link uh, in the show notes as well as the blog. It sounds as though they publish a lot of interesting stuff on the blog in terms of some of the uh, some of the data that, that, is, uh, that they gather. Um, and also obviously the links to the social channels and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so do check it out thank you again Artie for joining us and thank you Dustin for co-hosting and thank you all for listening until next time see you later